1: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com
0: and live the chumba life.
1: No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: And welcome in everybody to scout's eye on uh, college and pro football. Uh want a quick reminder up at the top due to a commitment that I have. We um, have a little uh, this week little bit of changes so once again after we get done with this podcast you have stuck with two hours with me here i'm gonna do scout's eye right here and then we're gonna flip right around let's see we do have time need to check the schedule today is wednesday yeah we can do it we will uh do the uh, landry football podcast right after this and we'll take a little break we'll cut a little bit short for the top of the hour and get back at the top of the hour and do landry football podcast um Earlier, we normally do this, the Landry Football Podcast, on Thursday mornings at this same time, 9 a.m. Central. Uh, We're going to be doing SEC Football and Beyond um, tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. due to a commitment that I have on Friday. So the schedule's a little messed up. Nonetheless, we're going to bring you what we always bring you. We're going to bring it. Going to bring you the the football talk that you've come to expect here. So um, you won't uh, see the SEC show on Friday. You'll see it tomorrow, and we've got a lot to get to. So uh, today we're going to cover a few things. We're certainly going. Uh, we're going to talk about the rankings. People want to talk about it. Um, I am going to be getting uh, into uh, a couple of things in in Landry Football Podcast next hour about. Players quitting, because that's what they're doing. They're quitting. And, and certainly, in some cases, um, the prevailing thought that teams are quitting. Um, and I'm going to get into it, into kind of the whys of what's going on. And I want to save that, because I want to get into the details uh, in Landry football. want to get into more details. Um, so, I know you may have some questions and comments on that. Save them, if you can, to the next hour. Uh, going to talk a little bit, um, about, uh, some openings that are existing already in the NFL and in college football. We're going to talk a little bit about the Vanderbilt situation, their problems, uh, which been their issue for some time and how do you get out of it? And I get this, is it fixable? Um, yeah, we're going to get into to that, um, and we're going to obviously get into the standings and get into what's going on. But a reminder that if you are not watching us live on Twitch TV, if you're listening to this podcast in podcast form, LandryFootball.com, <clears throat> pardon me, we really appreciate you doing that. We invite you, though, to also join us live on uh, Twitch.tv TV forward slash Chris Landry football, or go to Landry football.com and click, uh, follow Chris on Twitch and it'll take you there and sign up, subscribe to the channel. Real simple. It's, it's Amazon, um, prime takes care of that. If you belong to that, it's, it's, it's real easy, but just go ahead and subscribe to the channel and then, uh, make sure that you click the heart button, like us to make sure that, um, that you will get notifications when we go live in case you forget, we don't want you to miss anything and certainly go ahead and cheer us on a few bits. Um, we, we always love that. And that's very simple. Just go into the comment section, uh, type cheer, all caps, T H E E R and cheer a hundred, uh, or, or, 200. It's a, it's a, it's a dollar a bit. So, um, you absolutely see it show up on the chat room screen. So we really appreciate it. We always encourage your involvement because you're, and I don't always do a good job, particularly when, with other hosts, sometimes it's hard to interrupt and get everybody involved. I try to do that as best I can to get your involvement. This is what this is all about. When I started the, the, uh, this network, and I brought other people on board uh, to co-host with me or to be host by themselves. We wanted to be interactive. We wanted to make it interactive for the fans. That's how we started with LandryFootball.com. Um, the website is there due to um, getting fans' interest into um the game from a coaching and scouting perspective. I'm gonna, um, hold on a second here. I tell you guys ab- uh, about, um, I don't know how many of you have seen this. Come here. Come here. You come here for a second. Come here. <laughs> so I mentioned this um, on a show before. Um, but when I left the uh, my full-time job with the Titans, I moved back home to care for my mother and father and mom decided to get a cat when dad was sick and that lost my dad in 2004 and lost my mom in 2014. Mindy, the cat is, uh, is still with me and, um, spoiled as could be. And, uh, is, is my baby as someone that is, uh, single, uh, and no kids. Um, she is kind of no, no cat has watched more film. I don't know anything about cats and never had cats, but obviously I've learned and help of a good vet, but this is, uh, she thinks she's part of the show. She thinks she's, she tends to come uh, in the middle. So, uh, if you could hear in the background, she decides to lay down right on, uh, all of my scouting notes. Um, so I guess she's going to sit there and watch the show with us. So, um, the cat is, um, Rich is going to be 18 years old this month. Um, going to be, uh, December 15th. Um, I guess it's called it, it's a calico. So I, I should know all the details, but she's very, very spoiled. So someone who really never had pets because I spent all of my time on the road now currently doing, um, the, the work, um, from home. Uh, she's looking right at me and I will will do this right here as as you can see, can you see that? she's decided to just take up stock right on the, right on the, the desk here. She does this quite a bit uh, and what she will do when she gets a little bit agitated she will jump up and she will lie down on my scouting reports or on the keyboard where I'm my remote, where I'm uh, working the film because she's come to know that that's what I'm doing. So if she lays on top of it, then I guess I've got to pay attention to her anyway. um, Sorry for that, but I knew that you were getting ready to hear a good bit of her. So I said, why not introduce her now? She won't leave. So we're going to move on. Uh, Hey, uh, again, appreciate That's the advantage you get by, joining us on Twitch. So you can go now, you can go. Uh, so if you join us live on Twitch, you can see things like, uh, Mindy, the cat, um, talk football or listen football. Uh, want to remind you too, as she's now offended and left the scene here. Um, also brought to you by this podcast, brought to you by American betting expert. Um, you know, it's, uh, Landryfootball.com scouts eye on college football here, uh, is sponsored by American betting experts. One of the largest licensed sports and casino vendors in the United States. Uh, we have teamed together to provide special gaming offers to all the Landry football followers. So, Here's what you do, and I probably don't do a good enough job of explaining this, but you go to LandryFootball.com, you click on that icon, special gaming offers from American betting experts, you click on that ad, and you could pick among the gaming sites legal in your state, such as BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, PointsBet. And folks, here's the thing about it: you get, uh, you you sign up instantly and you receive an account deposit match or a risk-free bet from one hundred dollars to one thousand. Let me explain this. You You can take a bet. And if you win, you keep the money. If you lose, you get a redo, you get a mulligan. Great opportunity. If you like putting a little something on the game, it's that easy. You can go to LandryFootball.com, click on the ad located on the upper right side of the page and get in on the action with a special offer from American betting experts. Also want to thank the folks at manscaped, um, and the support for the network has been brought to you by Manscaped. Um, precision engineering tools. Uh, Redesign the electric trimmer, the Manscaped. Uh, third generation trimmer featured a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming. Uh, battery that lasts up to 90 minutes. Works in the shower. Has the LED light. You're going to love it. Great holiday gift. So go ahead and take advantage gets 20% off plus free shipping with the code Landry 20. That's all caps. L-A-N-D-R-Y two O that's L-A-N-D-R-Y 20 at manscape.com. Um, um, so appreciate you. I want to recognize a couple of folks here, here want to thank Jigs dad, uh, for cheering a hundred. And he says, Chris, uh, um, not toot your horn too much, but what you've done with the Twitch channel, Zach, appreciate that. Um, certainly looking to try to grow it. And uh, again, we appreciate everybody spreading the word about what we're doing here and certainly the word of what we're doing about landryfootball.com and Rich coach uh, talking about wow, uh, Mindy's older than my dogs. Yeah, she's up in age, getting a little bit worried as uh uh as everybody does when a recent visit to the vet she's lost some weight, um, which is not a good sign. And at that age, starting to be worrisome and, um, a, um, a, a, a worried Papa, so to speak, if you will, so to speak. But anyway, um, so the rankings came out last night and I don't look, I don't, uh, uh, for those of you that don't know, we go on live purposely as the rankings are going on with the, the film room show, Scott Seidenberg and I, so we announced the rankings live for you. If you're not in front of the TV or you want an alternative view, we'll talk about things. But, but you know, the whole idea of the rankings, it's a made-for-TV show. I'm not really that into it. Obviously, where they're ranked is important at the end. And I think to some degree, uh, you can make some observations about the rankings along the way. And that's the purpose of what they try to do. Um, and you know, we're going to do that. Um, Drevin 09 thoughts on all the opt-outs. Is this just a way it's going to be from now on? Uh, it's a great question. I'm going to get into it in great detail in the next hour in the Landry football podcast. Um, Drevin, appreciate you joining us. And I, you may have just, uh, hopped on with us. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be talking about that in the Landry football podcast right in the next hour. And the reason I want to do it then is because I want to get into the details and, um, you know uh feel free to call it quitting because opt outs is the politically correct word quitting is what they're doing uh whether you want to call it that way or not that's what it is but I want to get to a few things this hour and then get into the landry football get into that in the landry football podcast so as we expected um Alabama is one Notre dame is two and and it's going to be that way as we clearly see that Notre Dame Clemson are not going to have to play, um, that last week prior to the conference championship game. So the ACC is kind of setting it up for, to make sure they maximize the potential to get two teams in. Um, I think it's going to be tough for Clemson to get in if they lose to Notre Dame twice. But I think Notre Dame is clearly the front runner if Clemson beats them. And I think that's what people expect. And I think, too, from the ACC is a high probability at this point. Now, let's let it play out. There are circumstances that could knock me off that um, opinion. But right now, that's strongly how I see it. Now, I, I think that Notre Dame will obviously would drop, say, to the uh, fourth spot. <clears throat> they're not going to certainly match up Clemson and Notre Dame in the semifinals. I mean, they're not going to say it that way. They're going to say, oh, no, we just ranked them this. You know, it's they're not going to put Notre Dame three. So what, what happen is, you know, that um, Notre Dame would drop to four and Clemson would be two. And we'll see what happens in the Big Ten with Ohio State. That's the, the other option. The other thing that is noteworthy, is that AM stays at five and Florida stays at six. You can debate that. I don't know why you'd waste any time doing so. It matters not. And this is the point I made last night on the film room show, and I want to make again that, look, they're going to let this play out. If Florida wins out and beats Alabama, they're in as the conference champion. They're in the playoffs. If they lose, they're out. So what they're going to do is they're going to let the games the rest of the way determine it. I don't know if the committee sat there and said, I think AM and or Florida is better. I think you could make the case. First of all, they're different. A&M is not as good as Florida offensively. few teams are. And Florida's certainly not as good defensively as AM. and that's just a broad brush look at it. But they are different. And we saw the matchup. And I do think the had to head matters to a point. If Florida's able to beat Alabama while, and people say, well, well how, how could they get in over a and Very simple. They're the conference champion at that point. They will have beaten Alabama. A team that beat you, A&M, by a wide margin. So, head to head is to me, and like in the old NFL tiebreaking, head to head is only applicable if one is beaten the other two or lost to the other two. If it's you, you can't do the round robin head to head, and I mean, it just doesn't work. And so, the reality is, head to head matters. If it's really close. And I do think it's close enough to where the head to head matters. The head to head flips because if Florida beats Alabama, then it is not as clear. And then Florida clearly is in. And then I would think probably Alabama would be in as well. And then, you know, th- that that's very simple. Then they would jump A&M, even if AM doesn't lose the game rest of the year. Uh, so I think they just, let it lay for the moment. It's easy to do that. Um, because I think they don't think that they don't respond to some of the negative PR of how could you move this team? People, I don't care how long we've been into this. People still get into the, um, well, if you're ranked fifth and you win, you can't move down. That's the old ranking system with sports writers and the coaches' poll, and this is not what this is supposed to be. For me, I change them all the time. The film tells me who is the better team, and I project how they would match up against one another and against other teams. That, are that changes every week, and the if the film's going to tell you, well then. Through one week, you only got one exposure, then two, then three, and then now we're deep enough to where there's a pretty sound exposure. But guess what? We just put to bed Thanksgiving, and we've got, in some cases, three games left for teams. So there's a lot much uh, to be determined to this point. Um, We'll, we'll address this. Um, Kigstad said, Chris, did you see the end of the Q game? I haven't addressed it yes, but I did. From a coaching perspective, how does that happen? Not just a spike, but getting sacked on third down. I can't believe the coaches wouldn't say that you have zero turnovers. You can't take a sack. Um, I would hope. Look, there's a saying in coaching. You're coaching and allowing it to happen. You're correct. There is no way. And you brought up a very salient point. Not just the fourth down spike which was the worst. That's the worst. So that is the headline that don't bury the lead, but the sack was just as bad. That's poor situational football. Um, look, I can't say for certain what was said communicated or not communicated. my coaching background. I mean, certainly you've addressed it, had to have addressed it at some point. Did you emphasize it enough? Did you emphasize it at that very moment enough? Look, if you emphasize something that much, it, it and a player fails to execute it because he panics in the moment, and he's forgotten what you told him a minute ago, then you got the wrong guy in the game. He can't handle the moment. And, and, it shouldn't come to a moment like this for you to figure that out there. There are tests that you can put in play in, into in pressurize moments that would give you indicators that he can't handle that. So look at the end, it comes on coaching. It comes on preparation. It comes on look, it, 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 it either coaching it or allowing it to happen. Meaning. You didn't emphasize it and the player should know, but he wasn't thinking along those lines. It wasn't emphasized enough. He was focusing more on something else. That means it wasn't taught and emphasized enough. That's the first like probability. But again, if it was emphasized and it was ignored out of, I don't care, I'm going to do my own thing, or it was you tell somebody and then in a panic of the moment, they just completely go blank. Then that's not the guy that's going to be a really good leader for you. And again, it shouldn't be at this point where they figure that out. I'm going to guess my experience says probably wasn't emphasized enough. That's my guess. I don't know that it's a little bit unfair to say I'm giving you a guess because it's unfair because I don't know, um, in that situation. Um, Speaking of, and by the way, let me finish something up. Cincinnati's there at seven. And I think, I think it was maybe Jiggs or maybe Kev last night mentioned it and you were right. I didn't get a chance to get to it. This is again a situation where look, you can make a case for or against Cincinnati. Good team, well-coached team. I think a lot better than people know. I think could be very competitive with Florida and AM. I think they fall short against um, the playoff caliber teams, which I think they're, you know, I, I, I've said there have been three. I, I, I actually think off of the film, Notre Dame deserves to be considered a, a legitimate playoff team. To me, they look like they're fourth in that I don't think much like AM, I think Notre Dame's a lot like AM. I think they're a better version, but I think they're close. I trust Ian Book a little bit more. But their receivers can't get off tight coverage, and neither can AM's. So they're over reliant on the run game. They're over reliant on their offensive line, and, and that to me is I think Notre Dame's a shade better than AM, but very similar. But they have done something including beating Clemson without Trevor Lawrence, but beating him nonetheless. um, And and deserve to be in a mention. Is Cincinnati good enough? Don't know. I mean, look, they they are good. Uh, Are they deserving? Well, their body of work, there's no question, is not the same. Uh, It is something that um, can be called into question. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But this is where... I have said for some time where if you you play the games out and then you have the bowl games in a normal year I know we're in December and you know we're we're going a little bit longer this year but if we go right into the bowl games where you put the best teams that have had the best years and you put them in bowl games so a Cincinnati could play a game maybe even two in the bowls to make the Bulls an extension of the regular season, then Cincinnati will either earn their way and earn their spot into the playoffs or they're, they're going to fall by the wayside. Um, so, um, it's a dilemma that won't die in. It is made to where, even if you're good enough in your group of five, you're not going to make it. And I I think it's kind of foolish to go the opposite way and say, let's expand it with the idea that let's go ahead and say we make eight teams and guarantee every conference champion two wild cards and a group of five team. Well, who says a group of five team is going to deserve it in a given year? Who's to say that a Big 12 or Pac 12, or you know, I know we, we just assume the SEC champion is going to be good enough, and, and it it is in recent history, but but you could see a year where there's mediocrity and in, in a in a in a far begone year down the road where there are one maybe two power five teams, champions, conference champions that are not good enough. And maybe. If you're trying to get the best teams, maybe the second best team in the league, in maybe two leagues or better. I, I'm a big believer in, and I know it is, there's no way you can guarantee who's the best. I get that. But I also think there are ways to make sure that you're doing it right. And I think when you say win your division and you're in, is very much NFL like. In that, what we're saying right now, aren't we laughing? about the NFC East right now, you know, so look, it's just, it's, it's one of those things where you're, you're guaranteeing a spot as a conference winner is very dangerous because we do see it right now. Again, I think that in most years, in recent years, for quite some time, you've had multiple teams in the SEC that look in, you know, couple that look like playoff teams and some teams and other conferences that didn't have one. So I, I don't, I don't agree with the premise of how people want to do it. That's where we're headed. And look, when they do it and they will do it, I mean, I'm fine with it. I mean, it, it, I'm going to watch it and enjoy it. It's not the ideal way. Um, the a, a couple of the questions I'll address here. What's keeping? Dreven 09, what's keeping college football from an eighteen playoff? The powers that be, um, the commissioners, have are hell bent on keeping it the way it is. Um, that's what's keeping it, and they make the decisions. Uh, you hear this about the NCAA? NCAA has nothing to do with the college football playoffs. What will change that and make it go to whether it's six or eight? is money. There's money to be made, and um, I I think it's inevitable. Hey, old Tracy Murray from Facebook joining in. Hey, Trace, how are you? Not SEC. Okay, not the SEC. I got you. Um, Burns says, thoughts on Justin Fields at the next level with the well, his lack of game experience, off a few teams played last season, basically half the season this year. Look, J- Justin Fields has got a lot of ability. I think he's going to go very high. I don't think there's any doubt that he's not as polished as a passer, and I think there's definitely work that needs to be done there. I, I don't think a loss of a few games is devastating, but I think I always think snaps are valuable. Um. For the record, I can tell you and appreciate that, Bernji, Um I always encourage players from a I, – I, I always tell them, I can't tell you personally um, what to do. It's not my life, and and, it, and it's really up to you and your family. What I can tell you from a professional standpoint, from a scout standpoint, look, the more reps you have at doing any discipline is better. So I I want guys to go four years. I mean, if you can get a fifth year, do that, get as much rep, get as much work. It, It helps you. There is that thought of, Oh no, no. Because the agents tell the kids, no, no, no. Come out as soon as you can start your clock so that you get quicker to your second contract. And I say, if you're not, maximally prepared, there may not be a second contract. And if, even if there is, if you don't perform well, it's not going to be what you think it is. So always think. And I know injuries, catastrophic injuries, they always can happen. I get that. And that's a factor. And if you decide, look, I, it's, may not be as much money and I may not be as prepared, but I'm going to go get trained in the NFL and I'm going to get paid for it. And it's going to help my family. I I can't tell somebody, no, you're wrong. That's, that's a personal decision. And I fully respect that. From a developmental standpoint only, it's always beneficial to get that work in college. The more you have, the more body of work it helps. So I don't think it helps them, but you know, you're going to take him off of the ability to make plays. I don't think he's as good a passer as Trevor Lawrence yet. I think he can develop in. And I think when you see his ability to move around and make plays, I'm not saying he's going to be Patrick Mahomes, but you see the success of a guy like that, it makes people intoxicated. He will still go high. It won't affect his draft stock a whole lot. Uh, we're going to get into this question about Vanderbilt and I'm going to take it right here. Um, Rich Coates, why is it so difficult to be a football coach at Vanderbilt considering they have some good players there? They've had some good players, not a lot, less than anybody in the SEC by a wide margin, but they do have some good players. They have some over the top. So I'm going to get into the Vanderbilt situation right now as a result because uh, I was it was on topic for me and since Wrench brought it up. Here's the problem that Vanderbilt's had for a long time. First of all, Vanderbilt has, and I mentioned this for those of you that catch me on the SEC show, uh, the SEC show that I have on, on, on my channel here. And I have Neil McCready join me. my co-host longtime uh, reporter in the SEC. I mentioned about Vanderbilt and I don't mean this to be harsh. I mean, no ill intent. I don't, As a passionate football guy, I want things to be done well. I like when things are done properly. I like when people are putting their best foot forward. I hate it when coaches get fired. It's part of the job. And uh, remind me, somebody, before we get done on this hour, if you would, to give you an update on Texas, because things are moving fast at Texas, and um, it looks like there's going to be an opening there, and I want to get into that in a second, a little bit, too. But for Vanderbilt, um, there's never been a real commitment to the football program. The facilities are awful, so it is hard to recruit to. The other thing... And I can't blame them for this because it's such a prestigious academic institution. It's not just that it's hard to get in academically, it's that they have such a narrow curriculum. You can't study, you don't have as many options of things to study like you have at state schools, certainly, nor is it like other. Um, private schools. They have a very narrow focus. Not everybody wants to be pre-law or pre-med. Not everybody can do it. It's harder, and it's not what they want to do. And I know we laugh, and they well, it doesn't matter. These guys are not students. They are just going to the... No, no, no. They, most of the players are students. Very few percentage-wise go in the NFL. We just talk about them, but most of the players don't make it. So it's tough. That's okay. I mean, that's that they're, that's what their academic focus is and it should be. But Vanderbilt has tons of money. They have as much money as anybody in the SEC. Plus, they get the same check as Alabama gets or LSU or Florida or Georgia gets. They've got money and they've got that. They've got the sugar daddy money. They just do it for academics. And there's nothing wrong with it. If that's what you want to do, Godspeed. But don't, what's the saying? Don't urinate on me and tell me it's raining. Okay. Vanderbilt, you know, they will sound off that they really care about the football program. They want what's best. That's why we fired the coach and we want better. And you're not doing anything to help the coach. I'm not a Derek Mason guy. I think there's some things that he does well as a coach, but not enough. But it's a chicken egg thing. That's the only people that's going to take the job. And that's the only That's, that's the pool that you have to select from those type of guys. Um, not very good. Look, I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to get into this on Landry football for our, our subscribers there. I'm going to get into this. Um, I've talked to a few of the coaches, one of them that I know, you know, that is very much a strong candidate for that job at Vanderbilt. Know him very well. And I told him, and I'll tell you who it is on Landry football when I get into it, when I have more time to go into the detail that I like to get to it, is you go there, this is going to be your first and last head coaching job, and you're not going to win. That's a strong statement. It's, it, it's maybe rough. You know, it's you're done. Donardo escaped. James Franklin escaped. Yes, it happens few and far between. Maybe you're the guy, but you're probably done. And is that what you want? You've built yourself up to the point where you are a really good coaching candidate with a good future. And you're now, wh- what do you want as a coach? And you ask everybody, I want an opportunity to compete. Well, you don't get that at Vanderbilt. So you're going to go and you're going to take your one opportunity It's a job that people without any other options take. It's as simple as that. Okay. Why is that? Well, because they don't spend money on facilities. They don't support. Um, Those are the things that um, make it. So disadvantageous in the conference that they're in with everybody else, and when I say everybody, I mean you can look at um, Arkansas great facilities, you can look at Missouri really good facilities, you can look at Kentucky phenomenal facilities, you can look at South Carolina Taj Mahal programs that don't have prestigious football history. Some of them that I mentioned, some of them do, some of them don't. They have, they do everything. They are taking the money that comes in from the athletic department and they're funding athletics and they're improving facilities. They're creating a better atmosphere. Vanderbilt takes the money, which, you know, they just get as part of being the sec team and they are not doing anything to upgrade facilities or make it better for the student-athlete. So when you are recruiting players, you're not only getting the difficulties of the academic side, which I refer to, but you're looking at a completely different environment. Well, just like I said, that coaches who go and look there and say, this don't look like, you know, other places I've visited. Well, the players think the same thing. And so you will be able to sell a certain amount of really talented football players on the academic degree of a Vanderbilt, and you'll be able to hit on those. Not enough to compete in the SEC. Now, will a better coach team, Vanderbilt with better organization, with the same facilities, with a better coach than Derek Mason, could they have won a few more games? You betcha. But are you going to be a consistent seven- or eight-win team and go to bowl games every year? Hell no, not unless you do something about it. There's plenty of money to take that stadium, and you don't need to expand it. You can make it a Taj Mahal and have 60,000 seats. There's nothing wrong with that. You can have the best. Why not if you're Vanderbilt? Why don't you have, and you're such a prestigious medical school which they are why can't you have the best training facility the medical training facility in the country that would that would be the perfect arm to I mean what they have is not bad it's just it's not what others have you're the facilities are old they're antiquated they're not well kept up and it's behind the times. Yet, while most are that way because they can't afford it, Vanderbilt, when I tell you there's more money at Vanderbilt, and, and again, getting to it is one thing. I, you know, private money and all that. You know, getting the Ingrams to write the check, I, you're right. You know, there's money they can tap into. They could get millions, but there's not the emphasis on football, the importance, the embracing football. There's a lot of talk, and you will hear the silent, excuse me, the vocal minority of people say we want Vanderbilt to compete. Behind the scenes, they couldn't give diddly squat whether they compete. They like the money from being in the SEC, and they like taking that money and putting it elsewhere, which if they want to do that, that's, you know, they're right, but let's not, let's just call it what it is and say, look, we're going to do what we do and, and quit firing coaches left and right because they can't turn water into wine or turn a loaf of bread to feed a you know, a village. I mean, give me a break. You know, let's just get real on this. Could they do better? Well, yeah, a better coach could do better. How do you get a better coach when you got dilapidated facilities? That's an exaggeration. You got bad facilities. How do you get that coach that can take to the next level? As I said, I don't sit there and tell a coaching candidate to turn down head coaching jobs very often. They're few and far between. I, there are very few people that I would recommend to take the job. It is a job killer. It is the Bermuda Triangle of coaching jobs because there's not only no commitment; it's in a league where everybody's got full, all-on commitment. So, I mean, you are really trying to climb Mount Everest with not the equipment that anybody else does. I mean, you are destined to die there, professionally speaking. I hope that explains it. And look, I mean, it's not, it's not one person. I mean, it's, you know, the old saying over there, Kirkland Hall. Kirkland Hall don't care. Kirkland Hall is the ivory towers where it's made. And and even even cosmetically, even publicly, how they couch things. The whole, they don't have a athletic department technically. It is part of the university and it's like the, under the heading of, it's like you've got varsity athletics and intramurals as if like, okay, varsity is a little more important than intramurals. I mean, who does that? Most people in university settings, and I'm sure you know, involving college, it's intramurals are part of the student life. It's something where students can do. When you basically are equating intramurals in any way with varsity athletics, that tells you exactly to the heart of what the people in Kirkland Hall feel about Vanderbilt football. And look, Well, they're great in baseball, how they do it. They leave him alone and he, he kind of does it. And I'm not going to get into the, what they do in baseball, but they have some real advantages there that they they take advantage of. They could be, they could be respectable and know it's not about Vanderbilt competing, but it's about Vanderbilt being respectable and they're not respectable. In fact, they're embarrassing for the league. And I'm not talking about the losses. I'm talking about how they look, how they act behind the scenes. Really embarrassing. So hopefully that gives you an idea. Um, Greg, Greg's said, And by the way, I hope that you join Greg will be part of our team. Um, as soon as I, uh, can get everything lined up, we, uh, he's going to be joining us. He's got a really good podcast um and he asked why do so many coaches have issues with clock or game management for example Texas last week against Iowa State Anthony Lynn at the end of the Chargers games simulator why do some coaches struggle with this well it's very simple it's why do why does anybody struggle with anything why do some people struggle with math why do some people speak better than others why do some people um some are very um have a big picture focus. Some people have more of a narrow focus like you have guys that are great, a Michael Lawrence, a very eclectic maybe even a beautiful mind if you would on offensive concepts, on some offensive concepts. But roster management, roster development, game management was awful. Why? Well, I think There are different reasons why some guys are very, very smart, but they focus on one thing and they, they let some, there's all the little things, the details, they let that slide. They don't put an emphasis on it. You're not born a baby coach. You come up and you develop along the way and you tend to come up in one way, shape or form. Um. And when you do that, you that's what you tend to do. It is important because you're a good assistant coach. That's a good preparation for becoming a head coach. But if you make that move, some people are better at, and I'll just use an example. Take a guy like Elaine Kiffin. When he got the job at USC and he got the job at Tennessee, all he was, all he did is I'm a play caller. I'm an offensive guy. That's what I'm going to do and now he's only one year at Tennessee, but there are a lot of problems in that one year that were left for somebody else. And then at USC, there was all sorts of problems. Now there were problems there that he was involved in as an assistant with reduction of scholarships, but there was also discipline issues. Why? Cause he was, he was the offense coordinator and play caller and quarterback coach with the title of the head coach. He didn't focus on head coaching things. Well, now and I think learning a lot from Saban and then obviously at FAU and then now at Ole Miss, still very much with the offensive guy. But he understands that there are a lot of things that need to be done from a head coaching standpoint. So whether it's dividing time out of your meetings to a coordinator like a Jeff Levy, or hiring somebody to handle some of the other stuff. You have to make sure all the little details are taken care of. So, why are so many coaches have an issue is some are not good at it themselves and fail to put people to help them in the right spot. Not everybody's good. Look, it is not difficult to manage the clock. I've got it. In fact, I've I keep it. I keep one here. I've got a chart, and I've actually put it on landryfootball.com to share it with folks. It tells you exactly with time remaining, with um, how many timeouts left. There's a chart of what you need. To, it's not very difficult. It's not rocket science. You can do it, and and somebody can have it and help you if you're not focused on that part. Some guys are good at that. They focus on that, and they let their coordinators call the plays, and they they oversee. They're involved in everything, but you kind of you're like everybody's assistant, but you're the boss and that you're kind of, you're making sure bringing up a couple of points. You're trying to help them assist them in any way, but you got to be there to make those those certain calls. So the, the point is you've, you've got to be prepared for all the little details and not everybody does it equally as well. And it shows up in those moments. There's no question about it. Jigs dad asks, um, do you see any m- momentum at BCN Rutgers with Halfley and Channel? Uh, you know why that could make me know. There's no question it is. And by the way, it's why, and I don't think they're going to do it now, it's why your school will probably make a, a move at some point. I mean, eventually they will. If it doesn't get better, I think they will. And why not? Why? Why can't it be anybody? Why can't it be Syracuse's? But there's no question. Now, is it a little early to say that uh, Jeff Haffley is going to turn BC into, you know, something that what he's doing? Well, let me start here. I do think at BC, there was some success, but things had regressed. What I think had changed is Jeff has brought in a different dynamic with a quarterback in a passing game and a style that's a little bit more exciting and is a little bit more difficult to handle that way. They're not the ground and pound and, you know, they they had limitations there, but they had some success with Rutgers. Not not to be rude, but that, was, that team didn't play with any direction, with any organization. All they're doing now, and, and Greg has brought in a whole bunch of new guys and transfers. He said he would do that, and that's made a difference. But a lot of it is he's brought in guys, and he's focused on those things I'm just talking about, all the little details. Look, it is not that difficult, believe it or not to take a bad program and make it respectable like BC and Rutgers. That, that is not that difficult if you know what you're doing. And and those two guys have done a good job. Now what's difficult is to take it to that next step. But when things are so bad, you know, sometimes it takes a while to change the culture, like what's going on at Florida state, but like at Rutgers, it wasn't, it was a bad lack of winning culture, but there weren't bad kids change around, get a new idea of how to handle things, how to organize that Rutgers team is just playing hard. They're playing well. Uh, they're they, I think their organization and attention to details is helping them in a year where a lot of people are very schizophrenic up and down. So no, I, but it, do I think Rutgers is on their way? For example, to doing what they did in the Big East where they're going to be a top five team. No, it's not going to happen in the Big Ten, but they can be a team that exits the basement of the Big Ten and could be a tough out on a regular basis and go to bowl games every year. What, what the hell else you expect at Rutgers? That's getting it done at Rutgers. That is making the national playoffs at Rutgers. That's That's really good. So uh, I'm really excited for what they're doing. Um <clears throat> so again, to kind of wrap up and kind of assess the the Vanderbilt. It's not to be rude. Not to I, I, I would want as a football guy for Vanderbilt to take more pride in their football program and more of an emphasis in it. But it's not my school. I mean it's not what I do. And it's not my role to say this is what you should do in your institution. But if you're looking for football advice, that, that's that's the way to get out of it. And then it becomes more attractive to players and coaches. So that when you make a coaching move is not cosmetic, it's hey, we're gonna get better, and here's why. And there may get better with a better hire, but it's gonna be just incrementally better. It's not gonna be. It's not gonna, it's not gonna do a whole lot. Look, there were tough. Derrick Mason was three and three against Tennessee. Well, no one's ever done that. Now, is that more reflective of Tennessee or Vanderbilt? Well, more to what Tennessee was not. But, you know, Vanderbilt did some good things under Derek, but not good enough, not sustainable, which is why Jerry got the hell out. Let me remind folks that Jerry DiNardo got the LSU job because Pat Sullivan, the head coach at TCU at the time, backed out late for the LSU job, over a $750,000 buyout that was argued about who was going to pay it. So LSU's back in the day, Charlie Cusimano, a board member at LSU, I call it the Pison factor lovingly. There's a connection there with Charlie and Jerry Donato, and they, they just went and hired Jerry <laughs> Jerry Donato had lost to Tennessee like by 60 points the week before, and he gets hired at LSU. I mean, he didn't set the world on fire. I mean, he didn't do a good job at Vanderbilt, but you know what? For Vanderbilt, Jerry did better than most. Bobby Johnson did better than most. I mean, nobody does good there. A good job there needs to be defined as maybe winning three or four games a year. That's a good job. And that is, I'm not talking about three or four games in the SEC. We're talking about you better schedule two of those games that are winnable games, pre-conference schedule. If You can win two or three games in the SEC every year at Vanderbilt, You're golden. You're good. I mean, you're not going to win any more than that. So Jerry got the hell out of there as quick as he could. James Franklin got out of there. And, you know, I think James has limitations, but James was a salesman now. And he could sell some things and look, he won nine games at Vanderbilt, which is ridiculous, but he also took advantage of some teams that were struggling. that's what you got to do. No one is going to win nine games at Vanderbilt unless you've got circumstances of teams also struggling in concert with you doing a pretty good job. That's what you've got to do. And you know, can they find the next great salesman? That's fine. Is that the real issue? Okay. That is akin to putting new drywall when you've got wiring problems. You ain't fixing anything. You're just covering it up. Okay? I mean, at some point, you got to fix it. And if you don't want to fix it, then, you know, quit firing the guys that just that, – You know, at at some point you got to give them the material to go out and rebuild it properly, and you got to be willing to do that. If you're not willing to do it, it's time to move on. Hey, I'm going to get into uh, quickly. Got a lot of openings. I'm going to get into it at LandryFootball.com. Texas, uh, the the big boosters which are trying to fund the expansion to DKR. Um. are going to really force uh, the the move with Tom Herman. That's that's basically they're going to hold up their money if they don't get their way on that. That that seems to be imminent that Tom Herman will be out. We shall certainly uh, follow that for you, keep you up to date on that. We may touch on it a little bit here in the next hour on Landry football. Uh, certainly the Lions have the opening uh, with GM head coach. Jags have a Uh, of an opening at GM, probably head coach. And certainly we already had Houston and Atlanta with head coaching and GM openings. We're going to get into a lot of that uh, over at LandryFootball.com. So you want to make sure that you check that out. Get the membership over there. It's uh, less than $10 a month. Cheaper than that if you take advantage of the year membership. Hey, uh, again, uh, we're going to step aside now. We're a couple of minutes it's actually right up against the top of the hour. So give me a couple of minutes to, to regroup. We'll change the uh, banner here real quick. And then we're going to get and we're going to talk about um, at LandryFootball.com, uh, the Landry Football Podcast, rather, um, about a few things um, pertaining. Uh, we may get on to Texas a little bit. We'll take your questions. So again, you can reboot and be a part of us there. We're going to talk about the issues of players opting out, or as I call it quitting and what's going on there and how it's really having an effect and our teams really opting out. We're going to get into that. Thank you for joining for scouts in college and pro football. Give us a couple of minutes. We'll be back with Landry football podcast, which we're doing a little bit earlier this week. We're not doing it tomorrow, we're doing it today because tomorrow we're doing the SEC show because Friday I have uh, another commitment. So we appreciate you joining us. Join us next week for Scouts Eye on college and pro football. And join me in a couple of minutes on the Landry Football Podcast. Appreciate you. Appreciate all your involvement. Rich Jigstad, Bernsey, Tracy, uh, Drevin 9 Greg, all of you guys great. Spread the word. We'll talk to you in a minute.
1: plus. 18 plus.